Hey, 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 what's going on, everyone? My name is Aaron Brown, and you are now listening to Resilience in Action, the podcast. With the one and only Ramona Rogers, author, coach, speaker, like just all around amazing human being. But I'm not going to butcher it. I'm going to let Ramona take the reels and take the rain and go ahead and, and give us a little bit about your background. Tell us who you are, where you're from, all that good stuff. All right, Erin. I'm so happy to be here today. Uh, I am from Tulsa, Oklahoma, born and raised, been here all my life. Started coaching about seven years ago. Saw the need to uh, get some credentials behind myself. I uh, was helping and maneuvering in a lot of arenas and a lot of areas, and I wanted to be able to do it effectively. So I thought I needed to make sure I get those skills down. And so I started coaching. Uh, I had a staff at the time. Um, I had early childhood education as my background. Mm-hmm. So being able to elevate my staff as well as the parents and the students that I had in my care at the time, that's where it, that's where it began. I was on my own journey at that time of elevating myself anyway, as well as my daughters. I have two daughters and my life has been about making sure they have the opportunities uh, that I didn't have or making sure that they are empowered to become the best possible version of themselves. And so a lot of my life's journey has been about them making sure they get that. In turn, it was elevating me and then I started elevating other people. And then that's kind of where the books came in. I wasn't, had never, ever, ever, you could have told me in a million years that I would be publishing a book. Because when we're growing up, you think that's such a far-fetched thing for you, especially being African-American. You don't think that's something that you can do. And then uh, if self-publishing really hadn't come along, most people probably wouldn't wouldn't be publishing books. But luckily that, that avenue became available to so many people to put so much good information out in the world. And so... I published one book that was a financial literacy book really for kids that uh, I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where Back Wall Street is. And I was in grad school and I was learning all the history about that. And I'm like, okay, this, this is what happened. And my dad used to kind of tell me about those things, but I could never put my mind around it. Yeah. But I did learn that my great-grandmother came to Tulsa on the heels of that incident happening and her family was a part of the rebuilding, some of the rebuilding. So it started finally making sense to me. But what I did is I created a financial literacy book so for the kids that were in my care because it was kind of like a lot of not knowing that I need to pay my bill to keep my kids in child care. <laughs> so it was some of that stuff going on. And then that's when I got into personal development. I was looking for this greatness process that you hear about. I was in search of the success secrets and found out that there are no secrets to success. There's only systems to success. So uh, what I do now is really the few things that I have in place are success systems. And my last book was really kind of went backwards. The first book is in one of the, one of the portions of the second book, but you know, our God just works. He works in mysterious ways and no telling how that stuff might pan out, but I continue to grow and learn and research and it kept saying like, okay, there's something out there. What, what do people do? And the biggest thing is about the embodiment the embodiment of what we have inside of us. We can't do anything effectively if we don't have self-impact. So, (laughs) and and when you learn that, it's like all these aha moments going on. Aha, I wish I would have known that. And so my biggest audience is now students to give them that information and then empowering women to reposition themselves because they can't do it 
better second time around. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. 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 So you're impacting, you're impacting lives. I, I love to, I love to see, I love the work that you're doing. It is necessary. It is absolutely necessary. Let's, let's rewind and let's go back to your journey where you started. What, I know you said, you know, you wanted to make sure your daughters were, were set up for success. Um, let's, let's dive deeper. Let's dive deep right there. Like what, what, what encouraged you to shift, shift gears? When I was, so we're going to wind it all the way back. I didn't, growing up, I didn't realize why I was so quiet and complacent. For years, I was just, I basically practiced being invisible in plain sight is what I, what I referred to. I was there, but I wasn't there. I come from a large family. I have seven siblings. I have a twin brother. I was number six child, fifth girl, sixth child. And so being in a big family, you know, you can get a tend to get lost in the shuffle. Well, I didn't talk a whole bunch. I was, my, my siblings can out talk me by five days, but I was just kind of there. And to this day, it's people that say, okay, it was 70 y'all, 80 y'all. And they say, okay, you're one of the, you know, I was just that one. So I just kind of stayed to myself, not knowing why I kind of did what I did, but it wasn't until I started going through this journey that I started remembering some things of why early on what happened to me. And so when I was from the ages of four to eight, I was told over and over again that I was dumb. So I took that on as my identity. Mm -hmm. And basically what people do when they wear that identity, that words that they do nothing because you're not capable of doing. Your mind doesn't process that way. So I did Birmingham. <laughs> really didn't try because I'm thinking, okay, that, that's the identity that I have for myself. But it wasn't until, you know, I was athletic. I was, that was, that was the one thing that I had. I was an athlete. Can't yeah. touch me in the athletic part. I was a basketball player, uh, long jump, uh, play softball, play soccer. I was the athlete. So that was the thing that I had, you know, to me, I'll have something. That was my something that I, that I held true to. And my dad, I was the, I was the girl of the family that was the athlete. I was the only girl that was the athlete. So I think <laughs> brother, so it was like three of us that was my dad's athlete. So he made sure we we honed those skills and, and he saw that in me early. And so my dad was my coach, not only my coach on the field in a lot of ways, but he kind of was my coach in life. He was an encourager. And to to him, he kind of tried to guide me toward he, what he thought I could do was be a teacher and teach basketball. Gotcha. You know, I, I never thought of me as a teacher. And so I, when I went to, went to, I did go to college. I went to college and I'm like, okay, my dad said do this. I took that first educational class and they kind of let me know the real ins and outs. And I was like, that ain't for me. <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> no, ma'am. That ain't for me. And so my dad was like, well, you're pretty. Go be a, you know, get into communications and broadcasting. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I just listened to my dad. I didn't have that thing. I was still in search of so much that I didn't know about who I was and what I wanted to give to the world or what I even had to offer the world. So me learning me, I still was learning me at 20 something years old, later 20s, learning who I was. I, I finally did get married when I was 28 uh, to my husband. And then we had kids. I didn't have kids until I was 30. 
But me, to me, I think something happens to females at 30, at milestone, you start looking like, okay, where is life? Who am I? Mm-hmm. I talk, I, I've talked to a lot of people and, and that's what they say. It's like that age group, they start like trying to figure out what, like, what happened, what went wrong. I was still trying to figure it out, but it wasn't until I actually had them. I said, wait a minute, I can't, a, a different thing has to happen for them. That's when I really start saying, okay, what do I, I went to postpartum depression. I think that was the, the thing that really broke the camel's back. When you can't think and function like you normally do. Yeah. That was, that was life changing. And when I came to, I said came to like I was knocked out. <laughs> 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 when I came to came to my senses because it, it was months. It was it, my kids had to be removed from me and, and everything. It was wow. it was a process. It was deep, huh? It, it was deep, and I had never experienced. And a lot of people call it the baby blues. No, the baby, you don't have your mind. Is yeah. what it was. <laughs> and yeah. so when I was medicated for six months and. You know, finally the kids came back home and it just became one of those things like my life has to has to be different. I have to be different, not only for me, but for them. Yeah. And that was like that was like that was in 2003. Okay. At the time I was running a childcare facility, you know, I was new to business. I was a little entrepreneurs here. I was hairstyle. I I do a little bit I, I work now. You yeah. Can't outwork me is what my thing was. My physical ability is what I always used to get to where I need to be. Mm-hmm. Wasn't my intellectual because I never felt like I had that inside of me. And so that was my shift. Was that part when you wake up and you can't think, you can't move. Yeah. To see something that needs to be done, even a piece of laundry. There's nothing you can do because your the chemical imbalance that's in your brain is not, is not telling your body to move that's devastating yeah that was so devastating to me and so when uh i finally was feeling better and my chemical balance went went back <laughs> to where you came to and you came to, and you came came to. <laughs> it was it was like you know let, let's go i was 30 31 years 32 years old i was 32 okay. years okay oh we got some got to but some got to give it and so it was like unstoppable at that point <laughs> you know yeah. just doing any and everything to better myself and not being afraid to go get new information mm. do what I need to do not even knowing if that was the right thing to do but knowing that something I needed to learn I was like a sponge I was learning so much stuff in so many arenas yeah. it's like I, I had to I felt like I was playing 30, 30 years of catch-up gotcha gotcha <laughs> And now, and now, do you feel like you 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 caught up? I don't think I ever catch up. There's just so much new information and so much information that we don't know. And our brain, I've been doing this little, you know, mindset development and brain function, and I've learned about that's a whole nother world <laughs> in and of itself yeah. of how we do what we do and how we function the way we function, and learning just some basic stuff. It's world. It's it's like blows your mind because it's a way to, to live and function. But if you don't even know the basics of it, it's 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 a lot. And in order for me, I feel like my purpose is to elevate people to become who who they were born to be. But I have to fi- I have to create systems to help them transform from that mindset of 
of barely enough, self-limiting, all these things that we are bred to all of our lives, we're not uplifted in a way to really reach our potentials. So getting people to move outside of that, what they know, which is not their true self, but that's their story and that's all that they know. So getting people somehow to trans transition from that to the actual person and let them see themselves differently until they believe that they can be, that's the that's the road that that I, I really want people to go down and say, hey, life can be different and life can be better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Could you imagine for one second, like could you just imagine what the what the world as a whole would be like if our parents and our parents' parents knew better and did better for us? Could you imagine the impact that it would make on society and our levels of the well the lack of empathy that we have for one another like I personally feel like it would it would be told it would shift like there wouldn't there will always be a need for people like us but I think it wouldn't be such a high need it wouldn't be so in demand if our parents and our parents parents just they were taught better and they knew better and they did better, you know? I know I, I, I agree. And I used to, I, I went to a point to where I was like, I wish, I wish, I wish. But then I started thinking about what they dealt with just to be a person themselves. Yeah, absolutely. It, like, come what, on. What they struggle with and looking at the history, you know, Marcus, you're looking at all that. I saw somebody last night, this lady I never, ever even heard of. She was a singer, but she, she the one uh, wrote the song Young, Gifted, and Black. And okay. they did the spell on her. And I'm like, I've never heard of her. But looking at the times and the things, struggles that they had, and you know, back then my mom was born in what, 50, my dad was born in uh, 46. So even my grandparents, you know, they, my, my grandfather was one of, uh, he went, he was in the military, but all the stuff that they dealt with just being yeah. individuals, the, the little stuff, and they were able to make gains, sure enough. But they did what they did so that we could have opportunity. Yeah. So I just kind of look at they did the best of what they, they had. At they the had. Time. They did the, exactly, exactly. They did they, the they did. they did the best that they could do at the time. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And My mom's now, favorite, favorite thing is to say, when you know better, you do better. And each generation should get should get bigger and wiser than the generation before. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I see that happening with, uh, with parents today, um, how parenting styles are different. And it's crazy because like, I'll, I'll be talking to my mom and she'll get frustrated with my nephews. They did something. And I'm like, well, like my nephew will say why, like he'll, she'll ask him to do something and he'll say why. And she's like, because I said so. And it's like, maybe, just maybe, if you if you gave him an answer, like, why? Why do I need to do this? And you gave him an answer, he, he probably will never ask that question again because he knows why. Why do I have to take the trash out? Well, you know why, but let me entertain you for a second and give you the reason because trash up come and blah 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 yada yada yada. Um, it's 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 cool seeing the newer generation of parents. And then, like, the older generation of, of parents, like my mom, um, it's just, it's very, very, 
it's different. And it's, it's so interesting, like to see the wheels turning because I'll say something and she'll just be like, Ugh. <laughs> I'm like, you because you are upset and it's fine, but you know, it's true. You feel it. It's not, it's, it's very, very, it's alien to you. You know, it's alien to her. So <laughs> she has no idea. She doesn't know it's unknown. And we, we tend, as human beings, we tend to reject the unknown. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, so, so, okay. All right. So that's when you made your shift. Let's go, let's, let's shift it into high gear and let's go into the blueprint for success. Tell me how, how that came about. Let's talk about it. Okay. Well, like uh, I mentioned before, the first book on personal development, I was in search of what you constantly hear. I started hearing, you have greatness inside me. Okay. I'm in search of that. What, what do I need to do? Because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a linear thinker. I think in steps. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, what is this process? I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm researching. There is no process in place. There is attributes of how to become great, but there's no actual thing to follow. And I'm like, wow. So I got exhausted with that. And it was on June 21st, 2017. I was literally sitting down writing. June 21st? Uh-huh. That's my birthday. That's why. See that? <laughs> it was June 21st, 2017. I was sitting down writing. And it was like a bolt of lightning, like hit me. It's like, here's the greatness formula. And I started jumping around my house. My daughter thought I lost my mind. Like, <laughs> really lost it this time. So I'm jumping around. I was just like, have you, have you just ever finally just got it? The clue, the realization, like it was given. So I started repeating the greatness formula with this greatness as an acronym. And so I started repeating. I'm making the repeating. I'm doing a dingle. <laughs> so I, wrote, <laughs> I wrote that book called Greatness in the Making. And it's just, this is how you, this is how you can become great. This is how you look for those nuggets and tools, setting goals, resilience. Any, and the thing is, is, all successful people have done it. So it's been hidden in plain sight. No one had ever just like crafted it. So after me continuously talking about it and, and researching it, so it's great. Uh, goal setting, resilience, effort, attitude, teachable, navigate, execute standards, and then you do those eight things and become successful. But it's just a repeated thing. And I kept researching and looking at successful people. And I started looking at what what do they embody in order to do what they're doing. So that's exposed me to they have the dreams. They have to have the vision. They have to know who they are, their talents, their gifts. Are they maneuvering their right lane? Is it intentional? Is it authentic? So all these questions start coming up. And I start crafting out. You have to have your internal self intact. So I call that part the blueprint of you. The second part is... Uh, constructing your life is a construction phase. So I just took a house like you're building a house. You have to have an architect. So let's design this. We're our own architects. We're the architects of our lives. So we get the architect of ourselves. We build ourselves. Then we build our lives through goal setting and strategies and reaching those milestones and moving forward. But then in order to maintain, there's that grade eight formula is in place. That's the maintenance part of what we're doing. So at each level and each stage of your life, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to set a goal. You got to be resilient. You got to make effort. It's the same thing over and over again. You keep getting to your greatness level at each season of your life. It doesn't stop. So that's where the blueprint part comes out. You start, you build the life before you live your life. 
Yes, you have to. You have to, because then you'll be all over the darn place wondering yes. what's going on over here. And everybody's looking at you like, what you doing? And you don't even know what you're doing. Being intentional. It, it, a lot of things, if you're not intentional and you don't, haven't done the research to know I need to do this, this, this before I get to this. Uh, you're being intentional about how you're going to get there. That's part of the blueprint process. Being intentional and authentic because this is this is the clothes that I wear. This is not what grandma told me. This is not what daddy told me. Mm -hmm. This is where I am. This is what fits me. This is this is my passion. This is you know all that because you know that because you don't work about it. you building you first. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. All right. So, um, I see it says change your mindset on your, on your, um, your website, right? Change your mindset. Talk about that. What do you mean? Like by change your mindset, what system do you have in place that, that helps people to change that mindset? So I start with, with having people to resonate where they are now. What are they actually Think about themselves, their gifts, their talents. Where are they, what are they? Where are they right now? Because you got to have a place to go. <laughs> and a lot of times, it's it's mediocre. Or if they do have a gift or a talent, they don't get nothing about it. It's just something that I do. We start with that part. You have to understand that you are capable of doing above and beyond anything that you ever thought or imagined. So getting people to understand that you're capable of doing more is this particular thing you're doing. Is it serving you where you want to go? Mm -hmm. Habits and rituals. What are you doing to actually move yourself forward? Your day-to-day -day processes. Is that intact? So uh, going through the, making them do a schedule about what they do day-to-day, -day, where they're spending their time. We have phones. That's a learning device is what I call it. It def using, definitely is. True. Are we, are we using it to learn? Are you using it for entertainment? So what are some things that you need to do to better self, to look at self differently? Because you can do it, you're capable. It's going to be up to your effort and the things that you do on a day-to-day, -day, making them recognize that here's where I spend my time, but here's, what I, here's where I want to go. Well, let's see how we're going to get there. Start building their own blueprint, starting with self, but you got to change that mind before we can do anything. Mm -hmm. so a lot of this is just, one little step at a time <laughs> to, to move them past where they are to the possibilities of where I could be. And once they say, oh, yeah, I can get there. And then even showing them other people who've actually done it. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, it's so much that, oh, my God, it's this big thing, the big elephant. Well, when you show them how to start taking one bite out of the elephant at a time, it's not so overwhelming for them. Yes. They can start to see things differently. Or when they get the win, celebrating the one or two wins. It's, it's so wonderful to hear. All I did when they're excited about something that actually happened, that they actually put in the effort for, that is the most rewarding thing for me. And yeah. to see the excitement on their face, that gives them the power to keep on going. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, that en encouragement and that power, it means a lot means a lot to be able to deliver to be able to, to be able to deliver like that to your clients how does that make you feel it it felt it makes me feel like that's my life's work and I'm doing what I'm what I'm supposed to do mm -hmm. a lot 
me, me being better, making sure I'm better so that I can give them the tools they need to be better. It's like, yes, I'm doing the right thing. I'm at the right, right spot. I don't so much say pat my own back. I just keep thinking, what can I do differently get to, to move, the, move their needle? Gotcha. How can I help them change their minds? How can I help them be better? How can I, how can I help them see something differently? And I always say, you know, you're your biggest cheerleader. Don't ever let what other people say, you know, down you. So you got to cheer yourself on. So teaching people, and my biggest thing is affirmations. Mm -hmm. Affirmation today is going to be the thing that helps you see something differently. And that's meant to change your, to reprogram your subconscious mindset. So you've been told something and you've done something for 40 years. You got to start somewhere on a day-to-day. -day. And the biggest thing is that affirmation to change them. And when they start feeling and seeing and recognizing the things that they need to change, and then they, they just get excited about it. I've done what I was supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. How do you apply your teachings to your life? How do you, how do you walk the talk? I don't walk the talk. That's funny you should say that. This journey, it continues as an entrepreneur, number one. As an entrepreneur, you, you're wearing five, ten hats going on. Well, you have to have your, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So you already have to have your entrepreneur thing on your business mindset, your social media, your, all this stuff that go along with it. But then when you're trying to elevate people and you're creating the programs to do, you have to do them yourself. So about two months ago, I did like a strategic ritual, daily ritual of habits daily and I tell you it's changed me so much I know that the next person is not ready for that I, it's a subtle ap approach to it but I did like the extenuate uh, I went to like fifth power with it like really planning out what I and I saw the change in me myself it made me feel more confident about what I'm doing where I'm headed where I'm going and I start doing more like create more stuff and I was like okay stop <laughs> Focus. stop. so it made me feel that I, I can do even more than what what I set out to do but my, my audience is not necessarily people who are already there my audience is to raise up people who don't have this information who don't know mm -hmm. that this, who, who don't know that they can elevate those are the really, really people that I'm like, hey, here's something to help you transition in your life. Students, here's something to help you have this information already as opposed to when you're 30 and you live life. Oh, come like, on. Hey, I wish I would have had this information early on. So those are the people that that's, that, those are the people that that's my assignment. Mm -hmm. That's my assignment in life is to raise them up to live life differently and live life better. Gotcha, gotcha. How do you reach those people? That's, and that's been a challenge. Right now, I'm really getting ready to start pushing out the social media stuff to uh, a broader audience. Getting, getting myself solidified really locally was, was, was one of my, my biggest things. But now it's like, all my stuff is in place. I actually have a new website coming out next month. Uh, <laughs> I had to kind of have shift to, okay. to make sure everything was brand, branded correctly. You know, I was doing a lot of stuff myself. 
-hmm. And it dawned on me, I had never sat down and talked with a, a branding person. And so I did a few months ago. And so we finally got stuff solidified to where it's everything is, you know, chop, chop, chop. Because this is what I do now. This has been like a side thing for, for a long time. But now this is the thing right now. So this is, I want to move in this space. And I want to move in it effectively. Mm -hmm. And reaching those people, um, it's going to take some time to do that. But as more with, with pandemic and people transitioning, people are looking at this point. And yeah. so I am I'm making myself available to make sure I am available to those people who are looking to make those transitions and who need that information. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. All right. So Ramona, do you have anything you want people to know? Um, anything off the hip, like just something you're thinking and also to round that out, how can we support you? Where can we find you on social media and such? On social media, I am on Instagram, TikTok, not a whole bunch of TikTok yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> TikTok, uh, Twitter, I, I am Ramona Rogers. Facebook is Ramona Rogers and LinkedIn is Ramona Rogers. So those are the places that you can find me. My website is RamonaRogers.com. So that's be where people find all my programs and events that I'll be doing and holding. I'm looking, really looking to start up. My biggest thing is about partnerships with people. I think there's strength in numbers. We don't always have to do it all by ourselves and our audiences uh, coupled is can reach more people and, and, and be more impactful. So I am not a, a super team of one. I'm always looking for, for, for those types of things. I really want to start doing events is what I really want to start doing. Um, Pandemic-y holding up, but in the meantime, I'm, I'm just looking to get out there. But RamonaRodgers.com is how people are going to, to find me for the most part. And uh, my LinkedIn and stuff is, is also what I say is available. And he said, what advice would I give to people? I want to advise people that the biggest, we are our biggest enemy. We are capable of doing more than what we ever thought imagined, but it starts with the willingness to move outside of our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And so many sayings, it's like the comfort zone is a beautiful place, but no one, nothing ever grows there. You know, the comfort zone is the enemy of clarity and confidence. The comfort zone, you can stay in that comfortable spot, but is, are you living the life that you want to live? Only way you can do that is that you go outside that comfort zone and become and do the work and be willing to live, learn, and grow to become your best self. Not only that, you're going to, people are watching you. Success is contagious. Progress is contagious. So when people see that, you know, they say each one reach and teach one. Well, people learn by watching by watching other people. And that's how we also can learn. And that's how our children learn. They will learn by watching us. So we have to really be careful of what we put out there with the people, those students that are, that are in our lives, people that we are examples for. So when they see you and they see that you're functioning and moving like, like you need to, they're going to remember that. Everything that's out there is not for them. And, and if they got, got something good in them, they, they're going to remember the things that they see that are nurturing and that are positive. That's going to get them from point A to point B. But you got to be willing to move on your own behalf. Mm, <laughs> you move on your own behalf. <laughs> um, I'm jotting that one down. Move on your that's, own. That's a bar. That's a good bar. bar. <laughs> but willing to move on your own behalf and not wait to have somebody come 
pull you up. If I, to, if I have to pull you, I'm going to get tired of pulling you. Exactly. You got to help me help you. You got to, and you got you to gotta take some of those steps. And that means like going after the information, seeking out resources. The internet and, the, and your phone is full of free. Free. And it's all about what you want to do. If you're happy where you're at, then okay. But we're, we're better than what we what we have put out in the world. And that's what I want people is to be, to be their best. Go after their best. It's, it's there for the asking to just take time and effort. Time and effort. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But people want instant gratification. And unfortunately, life just doesn't work that way. You have to, that time, that effort, and that patience, and that grace that you have to give yourself. You have to give yourself that grace. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Ramona, last and final, final question. You ready? Sure. All right. Tell me what resilience means to you. Resilience means being able to bounce back when life knocks you down. Mm. Thriving in the midst of adversity, being able to back up, regroup. Uh, and I always, I, I, I have this picture of resilience that, you know, when you're in a, in a corner and resilience is coming, you know, your resilience is fighting your way out of that corner taking punches back at, at life or, you know, life said you live and lose this job. Okay. That's all right. Having the perspective of like some better's come along. What do I need to learn to maneuver? Where do I really want to go? Being resilient and, and jumping back in there, no matter what, how hard you get in, hit, how many mishaps happen, just being resilient to move forward, continuously move forward. You know, it, 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 it can only, it, it can only halt you. It can't stop you. It can only haunt you. It can't stop you. So it might be a Life. little speed bump. It's going to be some speed bump. But I think oh, understand, oh. <laughs> understanding that it's a part of life and that's a part of the way that you get to your next level. It's like people say, I want a million dollars. I want a million dollars being a billionaire. Well, if you don't know how to balance a checkbook, if you don't know how to you know, do your finance correctly with the, what you have now, you're not going to get the next step up that you want and mm -hmm. it's, it's about levels in life it's still about levels in life uh 21 year old they say don't drink till you're 21 for a reason because you don't have to worry with all <laughs> the years of it i mean it's still about progression in life and i think we we miss the mark we want to we want everything now as opposed to progression of, of it and when you're ready for it and sometimes you're not ready for it is why you don't have it mm -hmm. so, yeah and yeah. Resilience is making sure you can tread through those those different eight those stages to get to where you want to be. Yes. Yes. I absolutely wholeheartedly agree. And literally that is resilience and action. Like plain as day. There's no how else do you slice it? You can't. There is there's, there's no other way. There's not like being cognitive of it. This is the resilience thing. That's one of what's well, one of my of my formulas. That's one of my formulas. Resilience, but recognizes when it is it's a resilient time when you have to be resilient. So that's yeah, we're on the same page on that. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, you can you got when you got to turn it on. Like I I fully believe that resilience is like mastering the fall. Like once you, once you master it, because we're gonna we're gonna fall. We're going to fall and we're going to continue to fall because we're human. 
you know, but if you learn how to fall, that's, 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 that's where, that's the sweet spot. Learning how to fall. It's like a stunt man or a stunt woman, right? They practice, literally practice falling every day, hours upon hours. So they get it right. And it looks effortless. It looks smooth. Like I'm not saying resilience and action is effortless and smooth. But once you, ma once you master that fall, who knows? It's ugly. Look, <laughs> resilience is ugly. That's a fact. <laughs> it ain't cute at it all. Ain't, it ain't always rainbows and butterflies. That's what I say. It ain't always rainbows and butterflies. Absolutely. It's a necessity of life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Ramona, thank you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We really, oh, listen, girl, I appreciate you. You know that. Yes, 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 yes. I appreciate you forever and ever and ever. You are in my orbit forever. You're never going to get rid of me. I'm sorry. I apologize in advance. It was good talking to you. Right, Erin. I appreciate you allowing me to come and share with you today. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Where's my... Oh, it's up here. Mm. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Resilience in Action, the podcast with your host, Aaron Brown. And I want you to remember, resilience in action will always lead us to a greater human experience. Until next time.